Hey, Father, we come to you now needing a word from you. There may be someone here who it seems as though life and the world has conspired to tear them down. To put limitations around them to where they feel that there is nothing they can do to go further in you. Lord God, we thank you that you have put something inside of each and every one of us here. And we thank you that you have given us the victory. We thank you that we are at a place to where anything can happen in here. So Lord God, we ask and we thank you that your spirit is already here and we pray that our hearts and our minds and our lives will be open for what you have to say to us today. That someone will leave this place better than they were when they came in. That someone will leave this place in victory. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise as we are seated on the day. Again, we praise the Lord for this most magnificent music department. And we thank you all for your service. Let us go to the word, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Very short text. But any one of us who has gone to church for any period of time has heard this verse before, whether you remember it or not. It, we would sometimes hear it as the part of the benediction that would be said before leaving service. We would usually miss it because our minds were probably on what we were going to be doing after service. There may have been someone that seemed to be half asleep during the entire service. But as soon as they hear that verse, energy and life seem to come from nowhere. And that same person that was nodding through the service is now full of energy and conversation talking about where they are about to eat and where they're going to go and do after church. But when I would hear that verse as a young boy fidgeting through service with Bishop and Lady May giving me the look that I better behave when I was younger, the miraculous nature of that verse would fly right by me. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works within us. 
Such a small but powerful and life-changing statement. It was meant by Apostle Paul as a goodbye salutation to the church in Ephesus after admonishing and encouraging them. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. Now to exceed means to be greater in number or size than. Abundantly, the word abundant means to be existing or available in large quantities, plentiful. Above all that we ask or think, that means that no matter what you can ask God for or even think about what you can imagine, God is able to do over and beyond what you can ask, think, or even imagine for your life according to the power that works in us. More on that later. And there it is in black and white, right there in the word. God is able to do more than we could ask or think. But why does it seem that so many of us are not receiving what we can ask or think for ourselves? Why do we at times seem to be not living the best life that we know God has in store for us? We believe that God can do anything. How many people believe that God can do anything? Amen. We believe that he can do the impossible, but we wonder for the most part if that applies to our own lives. Well, today we're going to be talking about living a life without limits. Somebody say a life without limits. I'm not talking about doing whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. That's living a life without constraint or self-control. I know somebody took that and was like, ooh, we, I get to do what? No, I'm not talking about that. That's, that's hedonism. But I'm talking about a life without limits. Nothing holding you down or holding you back from what you are meant to do in life. Nothing keeping you from your best life. Nothing hampering your capability or potential, a life without limit or limits. Now, the definition of the word limit or limitation is the final, utmost, or furthest boundary or point as to extent, amount, continuance, or procedure. It means the furthest that you can go or the most that you can do. It means that you can go here, but no further. It means that you can do this much, but no more. It means that you've reached your limit. The most your capacity will allow. Now, you might all think it kind of strange, but it makes me think of three animals ranging from one of the largest animals in the world down to one of the smallest 
animals in the world. First, it makes me think of the elephant. Our bishop once spoke to us about the elephant. He said that the way that they get to, the way that they used to get elephants chained is to get them when they are very young and they have to be very young to do this and they tie them with a rope that is staked into the ground. No matter how much the baby elephant struggles to break the rope and it cannot get away because at that period of its life, the elephant is too small and weak to break the rope. As it grows, the trainer then substitutes the rope for a chain. And even when it grows to adulthood and has grown to the size that it could easily break the chain, it will not attempt to do so because in its mind, it can't break the chain. Male elephants can weigh up to 14,000 pounds. It could break the chain without even thinking about it. But it never does because it does not think it can. <clears throat> now, I'm sure all of you know that wild horses need to be tamed or broken in order for them to be ridden. There are a lot of different methods to break the will of a horse. But the most well-known method is to tie up the wild horse with a halter or a heavy sack on its back that simulates a rider. Now, for a couple days, a horse will try to free itself from the load. It will jump and buck and jump and buck until it eventually realizes that it can't break free. At this point, a person can get on the horse's back and ride it. The horse at that point in its life accepts the fact that it is limited and that it can't get rid of the person on its back. It is then trained, it is then able to be trained and ridden. All the while having the strength to knock whatever it is on its back off. Next, we come to our smallest animal in this list today. We come to the tiny flea. Now, anyone that has ever had a pet dog or a cat knows about fleas. Fleas are tiny, flat, wingless, parasitic insects that have a knack for jumping away before you can catch them. Their bodies are covered with these hard plates. So if you do catch one, even squashing it can be next to impossible. Their hard outer shell protects them from everything from an animal's teeth to hitting the floor after a long jump. It has been said that fleas can jump up to 13 inches high. That's about 200 times their length of their own bodies. If I was a flea, at 6'2", and everything being proportional, I would be able to leap 900 feet in the air. Now, the steeple on the cathedral right here is only 90 feet. So just think I would be able to jump 900 feet in the air. 
Well, back in the 1800s, they used to have these flea circuses. They used to be all the rage. They would tie a little harness up to the flea with some fishing wire and let it pull things around the flea. And we would wonder, how could something so small pull something so large? <clears throat> they were very popular, but with such small insects that could jump so high, one would wonder how they kept the little critters from escaping from the flea circus. Well, the flea circus of this time observed a very strange habit while training the fleas. I did not even know that you could train a flea. Go figure. Well, the way that fleas are trained is that you get the fleas somehow and you put them in a box with a box top on it. Maybe the box top would be about seven or eight inches. And the flea who could jump 13 inches will jump and hit the top of the board, cardboard box, which is only seven inches. And they will jump and hit that box top over and over and over and over and over again, trying to get out. But as you watch them jump and hit the lid, something very interesting would happen. The fleas would continue to jump, but they are soon no longer jumping high enough to hit the box top. They would jump just high enough to avoid hitting the box top. Apparently, the pain of hitting their head against the lid of the box over and over and over again forces them to limit the height of their jump. So when the trainer takes off the lid, the, flea, the fleas will continue to jump, but they will not jump out of the box. They will stay there because, not because they can't jump out the box, but because they have conditioned themselves only to jump so high. And once they've conditioned themselves to jump so high, that's all they can do. Now, many of us, like the elephant, the horse, and the flea in these situations, life in one way has limited us. And we begin to, to believe in those limits so strongly that we will not attempt to rise above the limitations because of our past experiences and our failures. We refuse to jump as high. We refuse to try and break free. We have been given by God incredible strength, creativity, and gifts that can make the world a better place and advance the kingdom of the Lord. In a spiritual sense, we can jump 900 feet in the air. We can soar. We can be as swift as horses, but we let our perceived limitations stop us from being who God has made us to be. Amen. Tragically, we let them keep us from living our best life and living life more abundantly. Somebody say a life without limits. 
It is as if life and the world have found a way to place an invisible lid and limit how high we can soar. I also want to praise the Lord for Sister Ivy McGregor, who is the founder of an organization called Soarers. <laughs> but we've found that life has found a way to put an invisible lid on how high we can fly or how high we can soar. And like the flea that can jump almost 200 times its height, we stop trying to soar because the last time we tried, we got so hurt. We got so broken that we believe that there's nothing we can do. We think things like, that's just the way things are. Or it's become so much a part of my identity that it is too hard or too late to change now. You can't teach an old dog's new tricks. And that's what we've come to expect of our lives. The thing that we need to realize is that's just often when we say is what's often being seen as that's just the way things are. It's in reality what is called something called a collective assumption. Say the words collective assumption. Collective assumption, yeah. Now a collective assumption is which when, is when a bunch of people that have tried at an endeavor and failed at that endeavor have now spread the bad report and now mostly everybody believes that it can't be done. Collective assumption. And because it's an, an assumption, we decided on some unconscious level or another to make that assumption our truth. It makes me think of the children of Israel on the borders of the promised land. Moses sends out 12 spies, tells them to spy out the land. And when they go out there and see what is going to be coming against them in the land of in the promised land, they come back and they spread a bad report that they were not going to be able to succeed even though God told them that they would be able to take the land. They came back, spread a bad report, and the children of Israel fell victim to a collective assumption. And it cost them their lives. They wandered in the desert for 40 more years. And it was only the belief of Caleb and Joshua that let them know, ultimately, that let that next generation know that they could conquer the land. Well, I don't want to fall victim to a collective assumption. There's an assumption out there that now that our great leader has come to a certain point in his life, that the glory of the Lord has left the house of West Angeles. But like I said before, I'm not going to fall victim to a collective assumption. Another good example. At one time, it was accepted and believed that it was impossible for a human to run 100 meters in under 10 seconds. It was a collective assumption, and it was held as truth by the entire world. However, on October 14th, 1968, Jim Hines 
proved that it can be done. He ran 100, the 100 meter dash in 9.9 seconds. Since that time, it is said that more than 136 people have ran 100 meters in under 10 seconds. All the world needed to do was to see someone break beyond the limit of that collective assumption. Someone give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Mm. But in one way or another, all of us are dealing with some kind of self-imposed limitation that we only thought was real in our lives. God has put something inside of each and every one of us here. But how do we get these limitations? Where do they come from in each of our lives? Where did we get them from? Well, one, they come from our perceived weaknesses. We only think that this is a weakness. Two, it comes from our perceived mistakes. Well, I made a mistake in life, and you know there's no way that I can actually do what I feel that God has put in my heart as a dream. I got a sentence, or I didn't go to school, or it's just too late for me now. Three, it comes from our present circumstances. Well, I don't have the money. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I can't get the job I want. It's all these little things that we whisper to ourselves. Four, it comes from our fears. Well, I don't know, I might fail. I might lose it all. If I make this investment, it might not return. What am I going to do now? It comes from a fear of the unknown. It comes from our background. Well, you know, no one in my family ever went to college. You know, no one in my family ever succeeded from here. My daddy was an alcoholic, and my mama was only 15 when she had me. That's, you know the little voices. It comes from our past failures and our past rejections. Well, I tried to do this before, you know, and I didn't succeed, and I tried it again, and it didn't work, and I tried it again, and it didn't work. And, you know, I asked her out one day, and she laughed at me, and then, you know, it just... Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't try to act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. These little tiny voices that sound like your voice that are telling you. The box top comes in the form of what people have said about you. The box top comes in the form of things that have hurt you. And like that flea that has been closed in a box, that horse that had been broken, or that elephant that has been trained and chained, we start to accept these limitations as our truth. Ask yourself, what have you accepted as true for your life? Be honest. The Spirit of the Lord knows. We might not know, but the Spirit of the Lord knows. And he is here right now to give you victory. Because anything can happen in here. Now, my brothers and sisters, our great struggle now is to not let what we see as our limitations stop us from being who God has made us to be. 
I don't want to look up one day and see that I could have done so much more in life, but I did not do it because I did not think I could do it. Seeing an elephant chained up is such a tragic thing because all the elephant has to do is walk away. But it does not because it does not think it can. Give the Lord praise if you know what I'm talking about on this. Mm. Remember, I'm, te- I'm preaching to you Monday and your Sunday and Tuesday. I'm preaching so when you leave the house of the Lord on today, you have power. We have us some good praise here in the house of the Lord, and we celebrate God's goodness, but when you leave here on your Tuesday, on your Wednesday when life is coming at you with everything it can muster, that you have power. And when we get here next Sunday, we're going to celebrate the victory. Amen. You see us giving praise today because of what God brought us through last week. Amen. They tried to limit Jesus. It was widely believed at that time that a person or a man would never rise above the profession of his father. If your daddy was a fisherman, guess what you were going to be? A fisherman. If your daddy was a ditch digger, guess what you were going to be? A ditch digger. You were never going to rise any further. It's why when some people from Jesus' hometown saw Jesus ministering, they said, isn't that Joseph, the son of a carpenter? What is he doing not with a hammer in his hand? Somebody tell that brother that he need to go build me a table or something. Isn't that Joseph, the son of a carpenter? Someone else said, can anything good come out of Bethlehem? They tried to limit him. They tried to limit him because of what his earthly father did for a living. They tried to limit him because of what hood he came from. They tried to put a box top over him because of where he was from. But this man that was raised by a carpenter in Bethlehem changed the world and redeemed all mankind while never ministering outside of Israel. We don't ever hear about Jesus leaving Israel. Now he has a name that is above every name. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise on today. A life without limits is what we are talking about today. We can do great exploits for the kingdom of the Lord beyond our limitations when we follow the formula. Simply be strong and courageous, meditate on the word, and put your life in Jesus' hands. That is the formula for living a life without limitations. Be strong and courageous. 
Meditate on the word and put your life inside Jesus' hands. You want to live a life of victory? You want to start that business? You want to write that book? Be strong and courageous. Meditate on his word. Put your life in Jesus' hands. That is the secret. Mm. This is an invitation for us to take the limits off of our thoughts, to take the limits off of our lives. In Mark 9 and 23, it says, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now, this is where, according to the power that works in us, comes to play. You see, beloved, since we are made in God's image, we have the ability to think, to conceive, to imagine. We are the only beings on planet Earth that have that ability to think, conceive, or imagine. That's why you'll never see a dolphin building a boat. We are the only ones who have this ability. Since we are made in God's image, we can do these things. The one thing that God made himself subject to in our lives is our will. God agrees with whatever you say about yourself. If we say certain things about ourselves, God has to agree. It's the truth behind the scriptures that say the power of life and death is in your tongue. Or whatever a man thinks in his heart, so is he. A poem by Walter D. Wintle reads, if you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you want to win but think you can't, it is certain that you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out in the world, we find success begins with a person's will. It's all in the state of mind. Life battles don't always go to the stronger and the faster, but sooner or later, the ones who wins is the one who thinks he can. Amen. It's why Jesus would sometimes ask someone before he healed them, do you believe that you can be healed? I would think that that was the most strangest question in the world that Jesus could ask somebody. You see the man been crippled since he was a little boy and he can't walk. But he had to ask, do you believe that you can be healed. If you will not believe that you can be healed, it doesn't matter who prays for you. You won't be healed. If you don't have the money you are looking for, if you don't believe the money that you're looking for will come by God's intervention, it won't come. If you do not believe the project that you are handling will be completed according to the original plan because there is a shortage of funds it will be as you think. 
If you're walking around saying to yourself that you are going to die alone with all the love that God has put inside of you, going to the grave with you, then you will be alone. God has put it inside of you to believe in him. And if you believe in him and believe on his words to you and be strong and courageous and meditate on his word, that might not just pop up later on today, but the Lord will put you in the process of bringing you where he wants you to be. If you do not believe that you can come out of lack and poverty and loneliness, then you will stay in the condition of lack and poverty and loneliness and powerlessness. If you do not believe that you can forgive the one that has hurt you and move on with your life, you will be tormented by that experience. It will be a limitation in your life a glass ceiling that keeps you from going higher and higher. If you do not believe that you can overcome depression and enjoy your life, you will remain depressed all of your life. I am begging you to believe that God can do more. Because somebody here feels that this is it. Somebody here feels that there is nothing more than this, and I am begging you to believe that God has a better ending in mind for you. Mm. Here's something else. I know it sounds insane, but something as small as a quarter can actually block out the sun. The sun is 865,370 miles in diameter compared to a quarter, which is not even an inch wide. But if you hold the quarter close enough to your eye, it will block out the sun and be the only thing that you see. Our God, his power and plan are as the sun. Your problems and your limitations are as the quarter. But if you hold them close enough to your eye, it will keep you from seeing everything. If you hold your problems and your limitations and your weaknesses close enough to you, it will block out the purpose and the future that God has in mind for you. Let it go. It's the rope, it's the chain, it's the block box stop. Let it go. The truth is we are all limited by our thoughts and beliefs. Your thoughts limit the resources that will be made available to you. It will limit the power that you have inside of you. Your thoughts limit the grace of God in your life. Your thoughts limit the amount of the anointing that God can do in your life. And no matter who ministers to you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your thoughts limit what God can do for or with you. God responds to our thoughts and he judges us by what he finds us thinking. That is why it is so important that we all have our minds renewed daily. 
through the word of God. Truth and courageous. Meditate on his word. Put your life in his hands. That is why it is so important that we meditate on his word, that we renew our minds daily, multiple times a day. Because I feel bad when somebody cuts me off in traffic. I'd be like, well, man, you know. You can be discouraged when somebody, you drive in your car and somebody drives by in a better car. Oh, well, you know, maybe I'm just not supposed to. You can be if somebody has a flyer pair of shoes and you, those are all little things that you can be discouraged by. And at worst, some of us just become all-out player haters and just become mad at that guy because of your limitations or your perceived limitations. But don't be mad that God has helped somebody break through their limitations and you still dealing with your limitations because today we're going to have victory on today. Today, somebody's going to break through the box top. Today, somebody's going to break that chain and keep going. Give the Lord praise if you're with me on this morning. Hallelujah. I've said it before. It is the thought that counts. Your thoughts prove faith or unbelief. And God responds only to faith. If your thoughts are positive, God will definitely bless and keep his promises in your life. God wants us to dream big. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to dream big. Mm. We're supposed to walk around with a can-do kind of attitude. This is why the word says, according to the power that works in you, because you can stop it from working. It's the caveat. It's conditional. God can do anything if... You believe that God can do anything in your life. The only thing stopping him is you. That is why the word is full of promises of God to us. But we have to do, and it's going to sound strange, but we have to do more than just believe. I know, I know that sounds weird, but stay with me. You have to do more than just believe. We have to know. Somebody gets it. My brother Arnie gets it. Let me explain. There is a difference between believing something and knowing something. When it comes to the power that works in us, it's all about knowing. When it comes to faith, even the word believe can be tricky sometimes because it denotes that you don't know for certain regarding the thing that you believe in, as if it may or may not exist, and you're choosing to believe that it exists, even though it might not exist. I'm believing that it exists. But I'm talking about accepting the fact of its existence. Some of us have said, and you're wondering right now, if you have enough faith to believe that much. Well, I don't know if I have the faith. I don't know if I got that kind of faith. I don't know, Lord, I'm praying for more faith. Lord, can you give me more faith? Because I don't think I have enough faith. And some of us have said that they don't have as much faith as they would like to have. But that, beloved, is a lie. That is not true. You have all the faith that you need already. I'll prove it to you. 
When you sat down on your bed or your couch, you did not look at it and wonder if that bed was going to hold you up. You laid your tired behind down in that bed and you had so much faith that it was going to hold you up that you actually went to sleep in it. Not wondering if this bed was going to hold you up. You had so much faith in the chair that you are sitting in right now that you didn't test it. You just said and didn't even think about it. You put the key in the ignition of your car this morning and expected it to start. Didn't even give it another thought. You hit the brakes driving down the street knowing that the car was going to start. That's faith. You hit the light switch in your house knowing that the lights were going to come on. You didn't even think about it or worry about it. Well, if you didn't pay your light bill, amen, you did. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you don't wonder if the ground is going to hold you up when you stand on it. You just stand. You don't believe it's going to be there. You know it. You know it's going to be there. It's a fact of existence in the thing of a thing in the criterion of the existence of a thing. You just accept the fact of its existence. You don't have to wonder if the ground is real, if the ground is going to be there to feel the effects of it if you jump off the top of a tall building. You know what's going to happen to you when you hit the ground because you do not doubt the existence of the ground. It simply is. I'm not talking about believing as much as I'm talking about simply accepting God's word about you as a fact of reality. If you are here, you can accept as fact that God put something inside of you. And walking on his word as you walk on the ground without pondering its existence. In fact, his word created the ground. And you believe more in the ground, in that seat, than you do in his word. For us to limit ourselves to say, I could never do this or that, is to limit God. How can you say you believe in God and you don't believe in what he put inside of you? It means that we don't believe that God could ever do something beautiful with our lives, that he could ever do something great in our lives. You believe that he could create this whole universe, this earth, this sky, the oceans, and all the creatures, even all of us, but you don't believe that he could put greatness inside of you. You don't believe that he could really use you. What you're saying is that you have more faith in that chair you're sitting in than you have in God's purpose and the ability to create in you to do something spectacular. But we can do all things through Christ. I'm here to remind somebody that you can do all things through Christ, that you can withstand all things through Christ, that you can tolerate, that you can weather any storm. You can do all things through Christ. Now, it is not our strength that is doing it. It is the strength of God, the one who can do exceedingly, 
abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. It is why we have to be reminded that whatever God starts in us, he's going to finish. Before you look to your own thoughts or feelings on a matter, you need to know what God has to say about you and your circumstances. Before you start limiting yourself by thinking that God is trying to punish you for your past mistakes, you need to remember Jeremiah 29 and 11, one of my favorite scriptures that says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Or Mark 9 and 23, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believe, he's trying to give you power. The same God that spoke this universe into creation, the same God that came upon his servants, Samson, David, Gideon, Samuel, Joshua, Elijah, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead is right here, right now. Anything can happen in here. Why? Because the presence of the Lord is here. You can receive victory. You can receive healing. You have a purpose. And it is right here. Ah, he wants to remove the limits that God has placed on you. He wants to remove the limits that life and you have placed on you. He wants you to give, her the, give you the power to walk right. He wants to give you the power to talk right. He will bring things out of you that you did not even know were there. He will fill you with the power to be everything that you were created to be. If you want to know the purpose of a thing, do not ask the thing, do not ask those around the thing, you have to ask its creator. To them gave he the power to become sons of God. To them he gave the power to do things that he didn't even do. He even says it, you will be able to do greater things. I've got power that you can't see. God is living inside of me. I can fight any enemy. Because God and me make a majority. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise. Let's praise the Lord on today. I've got power that you can't see. God is living inside of me. I can fight any enemy. Because God and me make a majority. Everybody standing. Everybody in the house of the Lord give the Lord praise today. Everyone's